Welcome to the Marshall Pruitt Podcast and your week in IndyCar guest episode. Who do we have? We have our pal. He's really become a fan favorite in such a short amount of time. That would be Romain Groschamp. Little fun factoid here brought to us by Jim Kaiser, who puts together the questions each week for me. Romain has been the recipient of the most listener questions of the year, even beyond Indy 500 winner Elio Castroneves, who joined us shortly after getting his fourth victory. So I think that just tells us Romain's really making a big impact with his driving, personality, and everything else on his first year here in IndyCar. Before we get going with Romain, as always, want to thank you for the great questions you've sent in via Twitter and the Marshall Pruitt Podcast Facebook page. Also want to say a huge thanks to Cooper Tires, beautiful, beautiful partner of ours. They also power the road to Indy, to the Justice Brothers, makers of fine automotive chemicals and lubricants, and torontomotorsports.com, racing memorabilia, t-shirts, hats, stickers, models, you name it. And the last little quick note before we welcome in Romain, if you want to pay a visit to our marshallpruittpodcast.com site, we do have more than 1,000 episodes covering IndyCar, sports cars, personality features, you name it. We also have a brand new merchandise page where you might find some fun stuff to take home. Just added a bunch of large, large cart IndyCar era stickers. One of them as well from Champ Car, my pal Justin Wilson, a fairly massive five inch tall by 11 and a half inch wide sticker of him. So you might want to pay a visit to marshallpruittpodcast.com. Good stuff to listen to. Fun stuff on the merchandise page. And with all that said, let's get going with our man, Romag Rochon. Romag, so happy to welcome you to the Week in IndyCar for the first time. And not only am I happy to have you here, but I know that IndyCar fans are happy. You have received the highest number of questions of any guest this year, uh, including Elio after winning his fourth Indy 500. So I know you want to win championships and such. It certainly seems like you're at least winning the popularity vote. That must feel good on your, your first half season of racing in America. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, the fans have been incredible uh, at every event this year. Uh, it's been it's been amazing to uh, to see that. And, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I can't wait to uh, give them back by winning races. See, look at that. Well, why don't we start on that topic? Got a couple of, uh, couple of fans who've sent in something along those lines. Daniel Miller, he opens talking about going to Road America. His family was looking to buy some IndyCar merchandise, and he, uh, he said his dad was really considering buying uh, one of your jerseys, and he says, to his knowledge, his father's only ever been really a fan of A.J. Foyt and another legend, that being Tom Sneva. And he says upon leaving, he said his only regret was not buying a uh, Groschamp jersey. So he says, have you felt the immense support from uh, a new American audience this year? Another listener, Jeff Greendike, asks if you expected this volume of support and love. Because, man, you do have a, a pretty big support base behind you here. Yeah, no, it's been, uh, it's been, it's been as I say, it's been incredible. And, and people have been amazing. Um, and, yes, I must say that... Uh, if you don't come early at the merchandise shop, uh, there's very little chances you're going to get any uh, Roman Gozon uh, <laughs> merchandise. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, for the last four or five races been sold out uh, by uh, Saturday 9 a.m. 
So uh, it's been, you know, it, it is, as I say, it is wonderful to see. Uh, I wasn't expecting to get so much support, but uh, you know, I think my story is quite, uh, it's quite incredible. Uh, you know, six months ago, I was, uh, I was, I was kind of dead for at least two minutes or three minutes for for everyone that was watching TV. And no, I'm racing in IndyCar and fighting, uh, having a pole position, fighting for podiums and good results. So I think in that aspect, the, the story has been pretty incredible, and, and people have been uh, have been embracing it. And um, I must say, I'm just I'm just thrilled and super proud and happy that, that people are are giving me uh, so much support and love. Got another quick note here from Chris Hoffman, Romain, who says, "No question, just wanted to thank you for taking the time." to sign autographs and take pictures with fans after your podium at Indy. Maybe just add to that. Formula One has a, a reputation of keeping drivers pretty separated from fans and such. Not as if you haven't had many fans throughout your Formula One career, but has it been an adjustment of sorts knowing that IndyCar doesn't try and keep the fans 100 feet away. They, in many instances, they're right there with you up close and talking. Has that been an adjustment and have you enjoyed that? Yeah, it's been, you know, it, it obviously it's very different from Formula One and fans have got great access in IndyCar uh, to the cars, to the paddock, to the drivers, which is, uh, which is cool to see and something that I enjoy. Uh, you know, I think uh, the team as well, Dale Con Racing, was surprised by how many fans we would have in front of the tent and, you know, uh, how much enthusiasm we would get. Uh, and, um, you know, I really I really enjoy it. I really like it. Um, obviously, there's times that I need to start to focus and, and you know, go to the debriefing, debriefing and, and get ready to race. Uh, so I'm maybe a little bit less uh, receptive at that time, but generally I try to, to give as much as I can to... Um, to everyone that comes because oh, I like it. And, you know, without the fans, we wouldn't be racing again. Go to uh, Ryan Reiki. I think that's how you pronounce your last name. Ryan says he's a longtime listener and first time sending in a question. See, Romain, you've got folks wanting to reach out for the first time because you're here. He, uh, he asks, how excited are you to race at Nashville? And he says, it's really the only event this year where the other drivers won't have the advantage of having been there before. Uh, have you had a chance to, I don't know, do any simulator time or even just get a look at the layout where you'll be going over a very large bridge over a large body of water as well? Um, I haven't, I mean, I've, I've seen the, the footage from the, the design of the track. I haven't tried it on a simulator yet. I'm super excited to go to Nashville. I'll be going there with my family and I think we would go, we'll be, we'll be going there early. Um, I received an email yesterday from Joseph, Joseph Newgarden. He's, he's organizing uh, a ping pong table tennis tournament <laughs> for charity uh, before the race. So I'm going to be part of that as well. And, you know, just uh, looking forward to getting into Music City because, you know, it, it's a great place to go racing. I'm excited to discover a new track. Yes, we're going to be on the same for once. We're going to be the same boat as everyone else not knowing the track but also uh, excited to discover that part of uh, of the united states that town's known for uh, country music is that uh, something that you've listened to before like it all does that have any resonance for you going to nashville and i don't know if you're leaving with a cowboy hat and cowboy boots but does that part of american culture appeal to you at all well it's it's definitely you know what 
one of the first thing you learn about America when you uh, when you're in Europe. You know, you see the cowboys and the hat and the boots and, and the country music. Uh, is it something I would listen before jumping the car? No, I, I normally don't really listen to music. Uh, but um, but I am I'm looking forward to to see it and to uh, you know to to get it to get the experience from it and uh, and to live it fully. Uh, I think that's one of the beauty for me uh, this year is to go to different places in the United States and discover different um, you know mentality and type of people and, and you know when you go from a state to another one, it's almost like traveling from a country to another one in in Europe uh, because it's so big. So you know, in that aspect, I'm super excited to to discover it um, and to come and ride my bicycle on my motorbike and drive my bus and see how much I can learn about the U.S. Your post-test or post-race video edits, Roma, they're really a joy. Uh, I know that a lot of folks have been watching them and enjoying you putting together your view of each stop on this tour. So really do appreciate those. We have someone who sent in a question. I don't have their name right in front of me. They wanted to know about the rest of your family, your wife and, and kids and whatnot, what kind of feedback they've given you, uh, about whatever time, uh, they might've been able to spend here with you. We know you've enjoyed this experience. How about the rest of the family? Well, they've, they've enjoyed it very much as well. Um, you know, we had the chance to come for a week before the race one of the season uh, and do a first road trip in Florida uh, in the bus. And uh, and then they've seen how happy I am to go racing, how happy I am to be competing. And, and you know, they obviously they're super proud when I'm on pole position or when I do good races. Um, and they are actually coming back to the United States on the 5th of July. Uh, and they're going to stay a month and a half and, you know, they're going to come to Nashville and in DGP. And for my kids, that's going to be the first the first race that they ever attend. Uh, they've never, they've never come to any Formula One race. Wow. And you know, for them, uh, for them, it's going to be, it's going to be huge. Oh, that is so awesome. Why do we move to our friend Louise Smith? Louise has been, uh, fighting cancer all year. Romance. She's been doing an amazing job. So I love it when she takes time to send in a question. She says, thank you for coming to IndyCar being part of this exciting season. She says, what can you tell us? about your decision to give ovals a try. She also asks, is there a certain criteria for gateway in your decision-making process about whether you might go full-time in IndyCar in 2022? She closes by saying, looking forward to seeing you at her home race, the Portland Grand Prix. Oh, thanks Louise. And you know, um, keep fighting. That's what I would say. Uh, and, and keep doing great. Um, well, gateway was always on my list. To be fair, um, because it's it's a short track, you know, it goes less fast. It's a little bit more. I felt I don't know, like controlled by lifting up the throttle, even braking, slowing down, braking a little bit in the corner in the race, and I just felt more comfortable um, heading to Gateway. And also, the season has been going pretty well, um, and it's hard to see the the guys uh, racing and, and me being home. Um, and uh so yeah that's that's how it, it started um you know i don't i don't want to talk too much about future right now first i think i'll uh, i'll keep you know enjoying my experience i'll keep trying to go fast and uh until gateway goes 
uh, and then we can uh, you know we can talk about it a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I mean it's uh, it, it. I just want to give it a go. All the, the guys have told me that um, over is amazing. Um, it's so different from what you uh, so different from what you you know you know in Europe. Um, it's almost like yeah, I don't know, like different category. But um, I'm, I'm excited to discover that. I love it. Let's go to our friend, Andy Merrick. He always throws in some very thoughtful questions. He says, Romain, it's great to have you in IndyCar. He said, you've had great moments in your career and also some challenging moments. He asks, how has adversity changed you? And in what ways has it built your mental toughness and general outlook on life? I love that question too, because we know that the, the crash and fire last year had a big impact on you, Romain. That wasn't the first time. You've had to go through the wars a little bit and, and come back and fight back. But you've been someone who's had to go through this more than once in your career and you've come out successfully, but curious how you've dealt with that and how you've turned those negatives into positives. Well, I think that's, you know, that, that's definitely something that you can, you can always do. And, and then in that aspect, every experience becomes, um, positive. Yes. You know, when you, when you do things, there's risk that they may go wrong. You know, there's only in French, there's only people that do nothing, don't take risk. Um, and, you know, when you go racing or when you go high level sportsman, uh, there's always going to be risk that, that things go wrong. And, you know, I was watching the French Swiss game the other night on football. Um, so soccer in the USA, the Euro, Euro, uh, championship and, uh, they went to the penalties at the end. And Kylian Mbappe, which is probably one of the best player in the world, yeah. missed his penalty and then France went home. You know, and and it must be an horrible moment. But he, you know, you're not gonna say he's not a good football player, he's an amazing football player. And yes, it didn't work that time, but I think that's gonna make him much stronger if he can turn that around in positive. That's what I've always been trying to do in my career, you know. Um there's days where things go your way and there's other days where things are a bit more complicated but it's just how do you bounce back and how do you work through those days to make it that it's um, it's a positive at the end friend jj gertler asks what has been the biggest difference from uh, between what you thought indycar was going to be like uh, and what you've actually found it to be so that's an interesting one kind of the uh perception versus reality is there anything you found so far this season, either about the car, the series, whatever it might be, that was significantly different than you expected? I think I came with a really open mind uh, into IndyCar, and I was ready to, you know, tackle every challenge. So I, it's not like I had perception or of ideas coming in. If, if there's anything I would say that was a big surprise, the physical car, ah, you know, I've been driving. Uh, Formula 3, Formula 2 uh, in Europe with no passing within then Formula 1. So I came to IndyCar thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be all right. You know, I've, I've known those cars. Well, I'll tell you one thing. After the first test in Bahrain, I went back to the gym and did twice harder than I was before. And wow. um, that um, allowed me to turn the wheel. I thought you were going to say the journalists here are much worse than you expected. And I would not have disagreed with you. Uh, uh, my <laughs> uh, let's see. Why don't we do another fun one here from Jim Johnstone? He says, Roma, if you could have an Indy car and run it on any circuit, 
you've been to in the formula one calendar, is there a track where you think, boy, that would be fun to bring an Indy car and see what it could do? Um, good question. I would, I mean, it's not a formula one ticket, but I would love to go to surface paradise with an Indy car. Oh. Uh, uh, I would say maybe Montreal, Monaco, I guess that would be the two because most of the circuits made for Formula One are too smooth, too perfect for IndyCar. And the beauty of IndyCar is that you want a circuit that uh, that has some challenges and character. And, you know, I think Kota, uh, for example, Austin is a brilliant circuit in Formula One. But when I watch IndyCar, it just didn't feel like it was made for it. It was too smooth, too wide, too fast. It was just not suiting the car that, that well um, because they are... They're very different cars, uh, even though they're open wheels and you know single seater. They are different, and they're and they like different aspects. So yeah, I would say those tickets. I love it. Totally agree on Coda. By the way, I've uh, been there many, many times for mainly the uh, sports car races, but yeah, IndyCar there didn't exactly thrill. Uh, Adam Mitchell says, curious if there are any other of your former Formula One colleagues that you think might be interested in IndyCar? Uh, I was curious if you've had any folks uh, that you used to race with there reach out and ask uh, about IndyCar. Don't need you to name any names if you don't want to, but you seem to have shown folks who've had unfulfilling times in Formula One recently that you can come here, even with one of the smaller teams like Dale Coyne, and do big things. Well, let's say that, IndyCar has become a subject of discussion in the Formula One paddock, I heard. Um, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised in the future if we see top Formula Two drivers or even Formula One drivers coming over and, and giving it a go. Uh, maybe not next year, maybe not the year after, but I see, you know, still short term, I can see that more European, European driver uh, will try and come in, in IndyCar. You need to become an agent. Take home that ten or fifteen yeah. percent from each one of them. Look uh, at that. Well, I'm all right. I've, I've got enough work on my plate already, <laughs> uh, but I'm more than happy to tell them that they should come, and it's, it's great fun. I love it. Uh, Dan Rice has a fun question as we get down to the last couple here, Roma. So apparently, the are you familiar with Uncrustables, the uh, the little breakfast type uh, food that all the IndyCar drivers seem to be eating? Um, if you aren't, okay, well, anyways, it seems like every IndyCar driver of late is posting their first experience eating Uncrustables. So maybe we'll save that for a future episode. He was, is it it the biscuit with jelly and yes. Yeah. He, Dan's wondering as the author of a published cookbook, how would you improve Uncrustables? I do not approve it, but I want to try it. (laughs) (laughs) Look, the, so, the, uh, I got I, I saw I saw that when I think it's Scott McLaughlin, McLaughlin that started it, uh, putting it on social, and then Alex Palou tried, and then Tony Canal replied that he was having one on every of his bike ride, and definitely on the bike ride. I mean, I love having sneakers, uh, which is like you know peanuts and chocolate and, and caramel and stuff like that. Um, so I mean, as a as a gourmet, I cannot approve it. <laughs> As a sportsman, they need sugar and got some, you know, I, I love donuts. I shouldn't say that, but I love donuts. Uh, I, will, I will give it a go. Okay. I'm just going to share this right now. 
we have some amazing listeners of this show. I can guarantee you at mid Ohio this weekend, you're going to have people, uh, bringing you uncrustables to make sure that you get a chance to try one. So don't be surprised if your stomach is hurting, uh, before you get into the car for uh, one of the practice sessions. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's go to Joshua Barrett. We always get one really out of left field question and this is it. And I love it. He says, I first saw Romain race in 2006 at the Poe Grand Prix, which he dominated, beating Mike Conway, Bruno Senna, Ollie Jarvis. Josh says it was my first trip abroad for motor racing and the only street race I've been at. Great experience. Says, would love to hear Romain's memories of the event, if you happen to remember Poe in 2006. I love it. I think IndyCar should go to Poe. There we go. The Poe Grand Prix should, should be on the IndyCar calendar. It is one of the best tickets uh, you can have in a, as a street course. Uh, I, I enjoyed it a lot, and yes, I did pretty well. I won. I won the Pau Grand Prix. I think it was the '66, if I remember one Pau Grand Prix, and uh, it was an amazing event. And uh, I mean, that definitely a race that we could have some fun with an IndyCar car. So I may talk to Roger Penske about it. See, making things happen. You're taking over the series, damn it! I love it. I don't know if the track is wide enough, or we might have to have some steering rack modifications for a couple of the corners. But yeah, it'd be amazing. It'd be absolutely amazing. Yeah, we, we, there's that happen that we need to, I mean, yes, we, we need to do to get some, something, but, um, it'd be fine. It'd be fine. All right. Let's get to our last, uh, two questions. Uh, the first one, well, it's a combo from Michael Everson and Mark Petsky. It says, would love to know which national or state parks you're most looking forward to, uh, visiting with your family on your RV adventure. Uh, it says there's lots to see west of the Rocky mountains in Colorado and uh, Mark asks, as you travel around the U.S. by RV, what is your opinion of the average American driver? <laughs> okay, so basically, there, there are two uh, parks I would like to do. It's Yellowstone and Zion Park. Um, but, um, yeah, so far, they're a little bit too far. So, uh, not this year, but definitely... In the future, I would uh, I would give it a go. What about us, terrible American drivers? What are you finding? Are we being nice to you on the road, or not nice to you? Me, yeah, honestly, I've got no complaint. Maybe sometime when I'm cycling a little bit, people don't slow down as much as I would like them to do. But uh, I guess it's not so much, you know, in the culture compared to Switzerland, where cyclists are very much king of the road. Um, but I, I, you know, I don't mind it. It's okay. All righty. Well, let's get to the last question in this. Uh, I'm sure you've come to experience the completely insane rival known as willpower. Uh, Lance Snyder, who usually sends in some funny stuff for us to close the show says, Roman willpower a few weeks ago said he wanted to fight a driver from NASCAR just because he asks, if you could fight anyone in the IndyCar paddock or another series, who would it be? Like fight. What do you mean fight? As in, whether in a boxing ring or just out behind the transporter, okay. punching each other in the face. So Power said he wanted to fight Kurt, uh, Kyle Busch uh, from NASCAR for reasons okay. that none of us can understand. I, I, so, I don't know to fight, so I don't think it's a good idea I would lose. Oh, I've never fought in my life. 
Really? Yeah. I figure everybody's had at least one fight in life. As a as a kid, as a, as a young boy, you didn't get into any dust ups with the uh, you know throwing some fists. No, really. I think I understood I understood quite quickly that I wasn't good at fighting, so I just you better stay out of it and run fast. <laughs> well. Uh, I like where you're going here. That's not a, a bad thing uh, to go throughout life without fighting. So just steer clear of willpower. He's kind of insane, but we love him because uh, he's entertaining at least. Romath, thanks so much for taking some time. Really do appreciate you uh, stepping in here, taking a bunch of fan questions and be rooting for you for the rest of the year and hopefully have you on here uh, in the coming months. 